Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that explores the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about fans of Digimon. And here with me are my two best friends and two more of the Digi-Destined to talk about it. Nick T. Prodigious. And Nick Z. Hi, I'm Nickmon. My powers are <laughs> computer programming and making other Digimon. That's right. This week we are talking about fans of Digimon. And to get things started, I'm going to give you a couple facts about the show, the anime series, the whatever, and the fandom, hopefully. First thing right off the top, Digimon has spawned seven anime series, 16 movies, eight manga series, 43 video games, and there was a collectible card game, which I did not know existed at all. I didn't get notices about any of these things. I mean, I guess I knew there was an anime. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, 43 video games. Really? Yeah, uh, there's like... Okay, so there's... Apparently, two main series of games, Digimon World and Digimon Story. I think I actually own Digimon World 2 for the PlayStation 1. It was very difficult. Those are like the main series of games. There's also like a fighting series of games. Uh, And I can't remember what the other ones are. It's not hard for there to be like a ton of games, but yeah. I'm guessing that many of them did not make it over to North America. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Surprising to me was that there were 16 movies. I mean, Digimon Tri, which came out most recently, I think has six or seven parts or something to that effect. And so that's fine. But that means there were already like 10 or so Digimon movies before. Yeah. A thing that was news to me, which I will bring up in not too long. uh, Digimon the anime etc series was started with the movie and not with the anime what (laughs) yeah the anime series started the day after the movie was released Ah. that's good timing (laughs) yeah other fun facts about the fans i found out that there was a point in history where at least in north america digimon was more popular than pokemon (laughs) in february of 2001 it took the number two rating slot among kids 6 to 11. Uh, Pokemon was third. Uh, I found somewhere else a, a similar but unconfirmed fact that Digimon was Fox's most popular kids show, even more popular than Power Rangers. It's Power Rangers at the peak of its powers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possibly around Turbo time. That, that sounds right. How do you have how do you remember that much of Power Rangers cuz there've been like I don't know 20 or so different series. I have a track on Spotify that just is all of the themes in one <laughs> performance. It's ridiculous. Look, I remember what I grew up with. There was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay, that's the first one. There was Power Rangers Turbo. There was yeah. the one after that <laughs> and then I stopped watching. <laughs> I think Neo Space maybe? Neo. Yeah, I think that's Space right. came later. Yeah. Which one was was where all their visors were geometric shapes? Ah. I think it was Neo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also found out that the series was only expected to last 13 episodes. 
Uh, I have hmm. a quote here. Digimon was just supposed to be a series of half-hour commercials for the toys. Specifically, the Digimon cartoon was to be released in tandem with the PlayStation game Digimon World. But when the show became unexpectedly and wildly popular on its own, more episodes were quickly ordered. In a twist, the Digimon device faded into history. The games did okay, and the show ended up being the franchise's legacy. Ah. Speaking of the legacy of Digimon, that will lead us right into the our first impressions of Digimon. In terms of the show being the franchise's legacy, it absolutely was. I was not aware of another single other piece of... <laughs> Digimon ephemera that existed apart from the TV show. And um, as, as stated in my famous last words last week, I thought it was diet Pokemon. I thought it was just <laughs> like Pokemon, but worse. <laughs> and I, 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 I thought the monster rancher might have a game, but that's because he's literally playing like a PlayStation in the first episode and yep. possibly in the opening theme. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had no, I, yeah, um, we'll get into it that later. But um, yeah, I was just, like like I I watched a couple episodes and I was like this isn't Pokemon so I don't want it like that <laughs> I didn't I didn't really give it a chance I was just like hmm. seems like seems like a Pepsi rather than a Coke <laughs> well so no. I uh, put it down, down to not pick it back up again uh, I I think I might have had a friend in elementary school that had an actual Digimon oh cool it's it's hard to say because I think. Everything reached our elementary school, our rural elementary school, well after it had reached the cities here in Canada. Mm. And also that was well after it had gone through Japan. Uh, My first impressions of Digimon, I didn't think of it as a knockoff of Pokemon until much later in life, like (laughs) now-ish. And even then it's mostly been ironically. I definitely watched the first one or two seasons bits and pieces of the third and then completely lost track during the fourth season i watched all sorts of anime that i've forgotten uh on tv but i do remember watching the premiere of digimon when it aired on ytv's the zone Um, and I remember enjoying it but part of the problem between watching it and watching pokemon was kind of like with the simpsons when you're watching pokemon you can kind of jump in wherever because, yeah, there's a plot, but it's not super important. Like, there's no big mm-hmm. overarching thing, I guess. Just like with The Simpsons, you can drop in. It's like, oh, have I seen this episode? I guess I haven't. But with Digimon, the series moves pretty quickly. Like, it's an anime. It's like a real, quote, real <laughs> anime. And so if you miss an episode, yeah, you're missing a lot of context. Yeah, yeah that's that's interesting. Sorry, Z. Um But... Uh, because that's that's what I what had me interested in anime sort of like specifically like Dragon Ball Z that it was it was serialized like it was one story serialized instead of like repetitive whereas Pokemon was pretty repetitive and more like <laughs> a, a Western cartoon at the time, but uh, I wouldn't give it the time of day. Yeah, I also had a harder time getting into it because you know Pokemon had lots of little hooks. It had a game that was really prevalent. Um, the monsters in Digimon didn't have any particular rhyme or reason. It wasn't like types Mm-mm. or anything like that. Their evolutions didn't make sense. This one starts off as a blob. Then it <laughs> evolves into a flying pig. Then it evolves into an angel. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know where that comes from. Checks out. Yeah, checks out. Um, I do remember relating a lot to the characters, and I definitely had a crush on Sora, Kairi, no, Sora, Kari, and 
Mimi. Like, all of them. Uh, yeah, man. I get it. And I want to say that I, I was like, oh, yeah, I was definitely, like, the tie of my group because I remember, <laughs> like, this, the relationship between Ty and Matt kind of reminded me of this relationship with a friend of mine, but I'm pretty sure I was more of an Izzy, almost assuredly. <laughs> Co- covers microphone. Is Ty the main character? <laughs> Ty is the main. Ty is, is Mr. Is, is Little Goggle Boy. <laughs> okay, yes. got it. Spiky, spiky hair and goggles. <laughs> yeah. Matta's spiky hair and sleeveless shirt. Ooh, a bold yeah. look. <laughs> it's very 2000s. Kind of reminds 90s, me a little 2000s. bit of, of Cloud Strife, actually. Oh, Stick that's a pretty a good kid. comparison. He didn't have sleeves either. I also remember Digimon being something that just seemed like a Pokemon-like... I mean, it's probably more the case now than it was then, but I have the impression or had the impression that Digimon was just the result of some rival company seeing Pokemon's success and saying, we can do that too. And I watched the, sh- I watched the show, um, but didn't really get into it, surprisingly enough. At the time, I was far more interested in the deep JRPG-like story of uh, Monster Rancher. And Pokemon was fun to watch because it was Pokemon. But Digimon? I remember catching a few episodes here and there. They're like talking to a tree in one episode. And it's like a mob boss kind of voiced tree. I don't even know. That was my experience with Digimon. Tree, mob, boss, Digimon. <laughs> the Rizzuto crime family in Montreal. What? <laughs> Whoa. Skin real. One of them is a voice actor who was that tree on Digimon. I, <laughs> I say that it was kind of strange that I didn't really get into the Digimon show just because it sounds like maybe I wouldn't get into it that much now, but it sounds like it's got the depth that I find really interesting in stories. And my only guess is that I just wasn't I just wasn't tuned in for a, an ensemble show as Digimon very much seemed to be especially in retrospect yeah well let's let's dig into that right off the bat I mean we've already started by saying oh Pokemon and Digimon and let's <laughs> let's get that out of the way right from the get-go this is in probably one of the most research heavy bits that I have done in a little while uh, I looked up all of the different important dates related to Pokemon and Digimon because people are like, ah, there's an anime and there's a video game. No, there is a lot. So the TLDR is Pokemon came first. Everybody knows that in, in quotation marks Um, (laughs) to put that into context. Pokemon was conceptualized way back in 1983, just that game freak and, the person who created Pokemon. I don't need to know their name because that's not what's recovering this episode. Uh, because Game Freak, it, it took them a while to get to the point where they're actually able to work on the game. The Pokemon game was released in February 1996. Digimon the Toy came out in November of 1996. So February to... That's like nine months later. Pokemon the Anime came out in April 1997. 
Digimon for your cell phone came out in June 1997 and the movie sorry Digimon the movie came out March 6th 1999 which is like two years later (laughs) from Pokemon uh confusing things a little bit Pokemon the anime was released in North America in 1998 and Digimon the anime was released in 1999 so that kind of makes it a little bit more confusing. And that's why in my mind it seems like they all came out at the same time when in actuality they did not. I should say, I don't think I actually knew this before doing the research for this, but that Digimon started as a Tamagotchi-like toy. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, fun things that I learned related to that. Tamagotchi came out first. No surprises there. Uh, it was resonating with every market... Every, every like kid market except for boys so then yeah. they made digimon yeah. because you know what makes little boys interested in in looking after small animals when small animals <laughs> fight <laughs> that's right out of tamagotchi turn to that weird alien guy <laughs> nice what, which i later learned means that you screwed up because <laughs> the tamagotchi came with an evolution chart and that guy ah. wasn't on it so i'm like oh i found some secret guy but no it means he screwed up the alien doesn't need to eat or anything i don't think it doesn't sound like you screwed up at all <laughs> i won Sounds- you hit the jackpot <laughs> yeah so i mean that's that's a quick comparison of like which came first and i'm sure there's no shortage of other comparisons that we're going to have as we continue on through the episode come at this from a couple of different ways i mean the, the best comparison point is the show because like comparing the pokemon game to like the digimon toy would be kind of weird um i mean i guess you had the poke walker or whatever but that's not quite the same thing in a fun twist sometime after pokemon had become popular nintendo released a effectively a tamagotchi of pikachu oh yeah so you could ignore and <laughs> let let die and whatever with your Pikachu. <laughs> Starve it to make death. That, make that thing not Pikachu and then we'll talk. <laughs> it turns into the same little alien from Tamagotchi. <laughs> so, one of the things uh, I noticed as a comparison between the show is you have your three main characters in Pokemon, Ash, Misty, and Brock. And I guess you have Pikachu. Yep. Um, expressing itself more in actions than in word. But um, that's who you got. But you have seven uh, focused on characters in, in Digimon. Seven of the kids. They all have Digimon who all speak English or speak the same language the kids say. Let's say. So you have essentially a core cast of 14 versus three. Yeah. Now, I know I didn't relate to Ash, Misty, or Brock, really. <laughs> um, but to you, you're talking about relating to a couple of Digimon characters, which is not surprising considering there's like five times as many in Digimon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny thinking about Pokemon as as well, because like I don't think there's much to relate to in terms of ash misty or brock 
like yeah you can project pretty much whatever you want onto them they're just supposed to be like tools to explore the world but there there is so much character depth to the other to the characters in digimon and it, it kind of pulls a harry potter before harry potter was a thing that's not true harry potter came out in the 97 or 97 something like i think was the first book <laughs> yeah ah. and here come the emails Digimon didn't rip off Pokemon, guys. It ripped off Harry Potter. <laughs> now we're now we're getting to the real now, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now we're getting some uh some hot takes. No, but what I what I mean to say is Digimon did something that Pokemon didn't. Its characters grew up. And much like with Harry Potter, people watching the show, people participating in all the, the fandom, are also growing up with the characters. The first two the first season of Digimon Adventure as it was released in Japan. Uh, yeah, follows Tai, Izzy, Mimi, Joe, Matt, Kari, TK. And Ringo. <laughs> Ringo, thanks. It, it follows those characters. The second season is a different set of characters, but has those Digidestin, the original Digidestin, involved. They show up as mentors. I think the third season, they're still there. Like, not only do these these characters grow up, like from season to season, they're still there. They don't go away. Mm-hmm. You can see their roles change. They go from being like dumb kids doing dumb kid things in really <laughs> stereotypical way, like, I, like as in every show. Oh yeah, but yeah. but they go on to be like to have growth and develop into more interesting characters. Um, to further the comparison with The Simpsons, Ash is still the same age, <laughs> at, right, as like what the beginning of the show. Um, but you know the uh, I don't I don't want to call them that. There's too much digity in the verbiage of the show. Um, <laughs> the main kids, and I think I lied at the top. I think I'd watched a season that I mostly forget, and then. But I remember the second season starting and it and them not being the main characters anymore. And I was like, what? No, I'm done. I can't. I can't handle this. <laughs> um, it was like it was like when Linkin Park's second album was remixes of their first album. I dropped them like a bad habit. I'm like, I you guys got to keep me supplied with new stuff. I can't, this isn't uh, this isn't doing it for me. Well, in addition to that, too, about maybe there being like a, a fake out or there being different characters, the Digimon themselves are kind of... You said there's all these different characters, and there's also the Digimon. The Digimon have their own distinct personalities, and they don't evolve and grow like they do in Pokemon. In Pokemon, the monsters evolve when they reach a certain experience level, or you give them a magic rock, or (laughs) through the power of friendship, maybe, but probably not. In Digimon, the monsters only evolve when the characters grow. I don't know if either of you remember the first season all that well, but there's a point where the characters, the Digidestin, learned that Digimon evolve when they meet certain criteria. They they evolve when they become... I don't know. They, they couldn't figure out the mechanic. So they're like, oh, well, I want Agumon, which is Ty's Digimon. I want him to evolve. So we're going to give him all the food and we're going to give him all the attention and he's going to fight everything. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that's the Pokemon way, like fight, <laughs> get, get strong. Yeah. Uh, but when that happens, he actually turns into this 
really awful Digimon. I think it's like Skull Greymon or something. It's like a big, destructive, skeletal, awful-looking Digimon. And Ty has to learn that, like, that's not, that's not good. You can't be selfish and only focused on yourself. And when he learns that, eventually Agumon evolves into Greymon, which is like this noble Tyrannosaurus. No, wait, I'm thinking of the War Greymon. <laughs> Man, he evolves into like a T-Rex. It's fine, whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean, isn't the you know isn't the difference between Greymon or? Yeah, Greymon and War Greymon, something like the letter has missiles uh, on his back or something. No, I can't remember because one of them is humanoid and the other one, yeah, metal. Uh, I think I'm thinking that's metal Greymon metal. versus Greymon, obviously, I, uh, Z. Well, excuse me. <laughs> I don't think as a child I was prepared to accept that kind of nuance. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> but, like, like, if I saw that now, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I like that, but uh, back then it was too busy being not Pokemon for me. Yeah, that in terms of comparison, even at just at the level of the show, um, because at least there they're kind of comparable. Digimon just seems like it's so much more complex, and it's kind of like it, it's understandable that people loved it as much as they did. That there's actually a fandom that came up around it and continued on until today but pokemon the show just seems to follow that old game design philosophy where it's simple to learn but difficult to master like it's very simple plot bits going on here and there and you know maybe there's some darker stuff in there but it's not not explicit it's more like oh an adult might watch it and say huh that trainer there is kind of i don't know treating their pokemon crappy to get them to work to fight better or something. I mean, when I when I think Pokemon in Dark, I think of that episode where the guy's got like a gun, which isn't entirely uh, subtle. Mm-mm. Oh, when they go to the Safari Zone, yeah, yeah. But Pokemon keep gun. keeps introducing new mechanics <laughs> to its games, so they have to keep producing episodes about them. One uh, on I was surfing around on that Reddit, oh boy, for Digimon, so it was, it was pretty pretty okay, but. Uh, that was one thing that came up. Somebody pointed out, brought up the point that uh, the Pokemon anime was kind of like a tutorial for the games, whereas Digimon sh- the Digimon anime was just kind of its own thing. <laughs> the games were over here somewhere. Yeah, because as an example, in Digimon World, you like wander around in this tank and the tank has fuel and you're exploring the Digimon world, but there's random encounters but the tank can also like shoot its cannon, and you're like, I don't remember that <laughs> happening in the show. <laughs> I remember the whole digivolving and the feeding and the yeah, yeah. I think the first Digimon game was kind of like Monster Rancher. Actually, you just I either were given like a basic Digimon or hatched one out of an egg and just raised it, and I guess other stuff. But it was again not at all. Like a player character going around with their Digimon companion and, I guess, exploring the world. Before we get off this topic, I need to directly address my famous last words from last last week, which ooh fun, <laughs> which is oh, I get this right. I believe it's in here. How do fans of Digimon feel about it being dyed Pokemon? <laughs> um, 
uh, in the politest possible terms. And there, I noticed as I was reading, uh, what Z would refer to as an emergent storyline of Digimon was always better, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Pokemon was just a kid show. There was more focus on creating a quality show or a more intricate show, a show that would retain people. And it, I think very quickly, it sounds like it started to skew older than Pokemon does. While on the surface, it's like, We've talked about a lot the comparison. It sounds like the shows went in very different directions fairly quickly. I think that actually dovetails pretty nicely into another point that I wanted to bring up, which is semi-related to my famous last words, but almost, but is more of its own independent point. And for me, let's say that Digimon is Diet Pokemon. We know that it isn't. I think we've seen enough and researched enough and said enough to say that it's it's not. But that being said, it still waned in popularity. It was never as popular as Pokemon, either in Japan or here, with some exception. And yet somehow, despite being its own interesting thing, it it became less popular. And I think one one part of it is that it did its own thing and it grew up with its audience. You can't follow all of the lessons of Harry Potter mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. example. <laughs> um it grew up and Pokemon did not. And that makes Pokemon timeless and it makes Digimon timeless. Yeah. There's always going to be 10, 10 year olds who want to watch Pokemon. Right. But, uh, Digimon had, oh, yeah. had that group and took them on the journey. Yeah. If you liked the people in season one, you might not like Digimon frontier. If you'd like Ash, when he meets Pikachu is... in the first episode, you might not care when he goes to the <laughs> Alolan Isles and, Brock finally gets a girlfriend. Per- Man, Brock shows back up. <laughs> Personally, yeah. enjoy the uh, the animation change <laughs> uh, for the Sun Moon series. Point. It's uh, fluid. It looks more like a Ghibli movie. But I will say, in terms of Digimon, I honestly like like doing the research. I hate the look of every Digimon except for Cactrot. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly do. I. <laughs> This, the art is very unappealing to me. Like, while doing the research, I did I came across a really uh, thread that I just kind of glanced at, asking, you know, what what makes a Digimon design Digimon? And somebody had quoted one of the artists on the team uh, behind the show or behind the games as saying that a big part of the design that makes them Digimon is belts. They got a lot of belts. Belts. Belts got a lot of belts. <laughs> I mean, thinking. Thinking of my in uh, of my own shallow uh, sort of memory of of Digimon, there was one that was like uh, Garumon or something. There was one of sort of like I guess the basic forms that did wear a belt, and I believe Angemon and Angewoman had like three or four belts across their shoulders or something. <laughs> it's just this this weird belt design, belt based. I like that. There's such a concise answer. <laughs> But yeah, design-wise, I mean, the inevitable comparisons stack up. There just doesn't seem to be as much of a through line with the Digimon designs. I guess they're all monsters, so they're all kind of monstrous. But then you've got... It's... I don't, I don't know, it's... Words escape me to sort of condense it down to one well, like, core idea. The, the interesting thing is that like not only does each kid have one 
Digimon that they grew up with. It's not like they're duplicates of any of the Digimon, right? Like they're not a species. No. They're that one. Or are they? Uh there there oh, are. Well. Like in the wild, I remember the the poop ones, the Garamon. <laughs> there was like whole swarms of them mm. throwing their poop, which was definitely not poop because as you know, right. poop is not pink. Um we'll just cut that out. <laughs> But that, that was actually a point of confusion for some people in what I was reading, actually, G. That, uh, you know, somebody was trying to get into the Digimon fandom, and I guess they had started to watch one of the series. And they were trying to figure out, you know, what's the difference between this Agumon and this other entry for Agumon on one of the wikis. And it wasn't until somebody pointed out that, oh, this one is for, uh, this, this is for specifically Tai's Agumon. And this one is for, you know, just the generic species. So it's, I guess it's weird because in Digimon, it seems like there's more room for there to be an individual of that monster. Whereas unlike in Pokemon, where you might see like a a horde of Pikachu just kind of popping around, you wouldn't really see that in Digimon. Like the sense that I have of it is that the Digimon are, are more individual even if they're they're part of a broader species, which again makes it a little bit more complicated and a little bit more difficult to really dig into, unless you become, unless you watch a series or play a game and become a hardcore fan, hmm. which could contribute to the wane in yeah. popularity. I mean, we'd found out there were forty three video games earlier, but um, they can't have been doing Pokemon numbers. <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, the, the games prop up the series and vice yeah. versa with Pokemon. Well, apparently the company behind the franchise, or at least a big part of it, was uh, Bandai, famous Japanese toy company. And so I guess toys were first. I mean, obviously, with the Digimon Tamagotchi things, toys were obviously first. But I guess the thinking was more along the lines of let's... Let's just try to make this as toy as as toyetic as possible, and try to capitalize on the things that are big now, mm. not necessarily the things that are just big with all kids apparently seemingly all the time, like collecting things. Yeah, and I mean, kind of related to that, there there's like a timeliness to to. There's like a timeliness to Digimon because, you know, it came out around mm -hmm. the turn of the millennium. In fact, there's an episode yeah. in like the end of the first season that's like tying it all together. It's like on the sixth second of the sixth, whatever. It's like it's because it's the year 2000. It's like this thing is coming on the digital world. And you're like, that's fine. There are lots of shows that have references to specific time periods. But the show itself looks like it's from the early 2000s both in terms of its animation style but also in terms of the character designs you know goggles yeah. spiky hair <laughs> like we have more nuance oh, yes. now we have uh spiky haired goggly characters but they break their arm every time they punch the thing worse than deku mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's deku dying <laughs> But, but like, it, it, other than that, it, it's like we, the technology that's used in the show, like 
how they describe the world of the internet and and the just yes. in general digital stuff is very of that time and you look back and you're like this is kind of weird it's like whenever you see something and people are using cell phones you're like that feels old whereas there are ways to avoid that and kind of makes it feel like not something to come back to pokemon the technology of the world is kind of whatever it happens to be but you always feel like you're in a world that's kind of like now because they're the monsters are just monsters a pikachu is a mouse and ekans is a snake like yeah they're more fantastical versions of those things but they are still just kind of normal things in a semi-fantastical world it's like you ever you ever read a book from around from around then and it says the words information superhighway in it? <laughs> it's a bit like I mean, doing a show that that basically takes place in or around or near the internet, um, twenty years on is 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 always going to look look dated or like seem seem I should say rather than look um, see reboot. For whatever reason, I never connected the dots to compare Digimon to Reboot. There could be something there. But it immediately came to mind. Yeah, yeah. What about um, Samurai Cyber Squad or whatever they're called? Yeah, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. (laughs) Yeah, that that show I don't think holds up at all. (laughs) What about Beetleborgs? (laughs) Yeah. I want to know more about that show because I think it was a North American show, but other than that, I also don't think it holds up. It's got some Jay Leno looking guy. It's just open. <laughs> this has just opened the floodgates of my brain from all the crap I was watching on TV at the time. <laughs> yeah, we're we're opening the floodgate to Fox Kids, which, as we all know, rocks kids. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta gotta keep that nostalgia down in the, uh, yeah. in the Fox box. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy! Unrelated to Fox programming, another reason why the show might not have been as popular in North America is it was very Japanese. Like I know that I really enjoyed watching shows like Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon, and probably a countless number of other shows. Card Captors, Card Captor Sakura, um, which are shows that are ostensibly from japan but the 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 japanese elements were less obvious in some of those shows whereas in digimon the names of many of the digimon stayed they weren't localized that is actually incredible yeah even even the character names because like the characters the characters first names were kind of like you know plain jane oh that could pass as a north american name but I'm pretty sure in the show they mentioned the original Japanese last names regularly. Yeah, well, they um, in the first episode, they almost lampshade it because they introduce all the characters. And they're like, I'm Taichi something, uh, Taichi Tai Yamada. And it's like, but I just go by Tai for short. And then it's like, okay, cool. We'll never have to say his full name ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and... That that was a clever way of them being like, okay, we're going to use their names, but it sounds too Japanese, so we need to make this more approachable for kids who may or may not be familiar with Japanese culture. Um, yeah, 
in the long run, I don't think that helps it. I think if the show came out today, it'd be very different. Yeah, oh, feel, yeah for sure. Because I feel like a lot of the, I mean, still to this day, I feel like most of the Pokemon get English names. Just so, like, the puns work or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if all of them change, but I, I'm pretty sure at least, I want to say most do. But, I mean, the other, we already kind of talked a little bit about the world and the setting. But with Digimon, even from the first series, it's, like, the whenever they're in the real world, it's very obvious that it's not a North American city, not a North American setting. Whereas Pokemon builds up its own world that's similar enough, I guess, to Japan and similar enough, I guess, to small town North America that it works. Small, really small town anywhere. It just works. But with Digimon, it seems, like you were saying, to be very Japanese. There are scenes that are like at TV Tokyo's office or something <sighs> to that effect, where it's like, here's this famous Japanese building which shows up in many anime. Mm. It's like, it's it's unabashedly Japanese. Which now would probably be just fine. But uh, back then they were like, oh, kids won't like this if it's not, or American kids won't <laughs> like this if it's not American. Which turned out to be untrue. <laughs> After watching a variety of different English openings to anime, I believe that so much. Like, there were many shows that I'm like, this show is pretty middling, but, you know, they tried to make it work here in North America. The open, the Digimon opening, I still, I I didn't have to look it up. I remember what it is. It gave, it gave the Dragon Ball Z one a run for its money in terms of how bad it was. (laughs) The the English opening. Which is a shame because the, the Japanese opening is like, great. I listened to the... You know, if I listen to the Pokemon English theme and the Japanese theme, I'm like, I don't really care for the Japanese theme. And the English one always has nostalgic mm. elements. But like Butterfly for um, Digimon, it's got this like rocking yeah. guitar going to get you going. You're like, I'm into that. That was good. Chala Headchala, amazing song versus Rock the Dragon or the even <laughs> worse version we got in Canada for some reason. Dragon <laughs> 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 See. Oh no! I was thinking that's that's different entirely. <laughs> Nothing can be more nostalgic, openings aside, than good old-fashioned grudges. Ooh, that's right. Pokemon, Digimon, do did you? My famous last words for a little bit of context. My famous last words from the previous episode were. Do Digimon fans hold a grudge against Pokemon fans? Or, or is there a, a current in the contemporary fandom, the modern day fandom rather, that's basically saying if Digimon had only come out first, it would be the Supreme <laughs> series? And a very simple answer to this very big question. No, there is no grudge at all. <laughs> I found a few threads about articles uh, basically saying, oh, Pokemon might have won the battle, but Digimon is still winning hearts or whatever. And consistently, the comments in these threads were essentially saying, this comparison doesn't hold up. It didn't hold up 20 years ago, and it doesn't hold up now. Pokemon Mm -hmm. and Digimon are just too different to even compare. Stop comparing them. 
Well, to be fair, Z, you have to be very intelligent to understand Digimon. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that, okay. <laughs> My famous last words also had a part B, wondering if there was any sort of big fan-approved crossover. And uh, didn't really turn up too much there. Interestingly, though, um, on Archive of Our Own, the most Uh-oh. popular crossover involving Digimon and Pokemon also involves Danganronpa and Disgaea. It's called Dear Internet. It has 163 kudos, which I guess are likes, and 11,162 hits. And hmm. it was running for four years between August 21 of 2014 and October 31st of 2018. Fanfiction.net, though, oh. does have Mew Goes Digital. Whoa. A story about Mew getting bored and wanting to go explore the Digimon universe for reasons. Uh, that has 73 reviews, 128 favorites, 140 follows. And was published on March 11th, 2015. Last updated February 6th, 2017. Mm. So I thought it was a little bit interesting how fanfiction.net had a, a fairly popular purely Digimon Pokemon crossover. Whereas Archive of Our Own did not. Perhaps suggesting Digimon is kind of fading away a little bit. I'm reminded of a fanfic that I actually read of Digimon a long time ago. I don't remember any of the details, but it's just like, huh. Remember it fondly. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, waxing nostalgic. <laughs> oh, man. I think my famous last words might actually make a good candidate for our uh, conclusions about Digimon. And uh, what I had to say, as as I had said previously, is what is it about Digimon that helped it stand above its contemporaries? Which, one, is partially wrong, as we've seen. Um, there were many other shows at that time, and it did stand above them in that it still exists. I mean, Monster Rancher is long gone. I don't think it made it out of its anime season, and I don't think it had that many games beyond Monster Rancher 3. Hmm. I don't know if it had any games or if they just didn't make it over here. Um, but I think what helped it to stand above, and as, as I mentioned from a quote earlier about how the games went away, the D- Digivice went away, but the anime still exists, I think that it was that growth of the characters, that ensemble cast, those are some of the things that helped it stand above its contemporaries. And those are also some of the things that I think would lead me to come back to Digimon to kind of revisit that world to go back and watch some of the anime. Um, or at least try to like better understand the games or, or something to that effect. After doing the research for this episode and admittedly it being very heavy on the comparison to other things, I'm interested in seeing where the story ended up going because I don't remember all the details and it was interesting even if it was a weird little time capsule of the very late 90s and early 2000s there's already an anime from the late 90s that is still going today that uh i'm sort of interested interested in checking out slightly more than digimon that being one piece but (laughs) um 
I've you know I, I I learned a bit doing the research for this that uh, that there's more more than meets the eye, as the Digimon said. <laughs> um, like I, I I did not realize like how the show uh, evolved or digivolved uh, along the way with its viewers, and that it kind of grew up and it kind of tackled some bigger stuff and kind of grew past Pokemon from all, from all sounds of it. And I am very intrigued by that. I don't know if I'm going to rush out and watch it, though. As I said, I hate the art. <laughs> and I've seen some some shots from later seasons that look like the art's changed a little bit, but, uh, you know, the designs are still there. So, like, I learned I my, my eyes, my heart slightly has opened uh, to Digimon through this episode, but I am, like, a pretty dyed-in-the-wool Pokemon stand, and that's the way I like my <laughs> my, my human companion um monsters in a compact format so um we'll we'll see as for myself after learning more about the fandom and learning more about the team in general it seems weirdly like a combination of something with a lot of depth and something that's like a modern day young adult series I'm not gonna go ahead and say oh Digimon oh, it's, it wasn't very mature or dark it's still a kids show because it did have those mature moments and like that sort of darker stuff going on and the growth aspect of the characters was sort of baked into maybe what the show's creators were expecting kids to already kind of be going for with Pokemon and how they, you know, enjoyed the growth of the monsters, well, why not have a show that's a little bit more in-depth and ties the growth of the monsters to the growth of the characters? That's a really cool idea. But I don't really see myself going back and watching it. Don't have anything against the art. Don't have anything against um, that storytelling. Just, you know, for me, I think the moment's passed. That's fair. The moment has not passed, however, for you to catch up on every episode of Phanthropological over at Phanthropological.com or the podcatcher of your choice. There are over 100 episodes, each covering a different fandom for you to listen to. If you've gone through and you have found that your fandom has not been covered, uh, please feel free to contact us at The Next Cast on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you would like us to cover. We can also be found at The Next Cast on Instagram and YouTube. And, and without further ado, we'll fly headlong. Into the famous last words. Famous last words. That's right. It's famous last words. And that means we're going to be saying something about a fandom before we've done any of the research. Possibly based on things we know, but most likely based on many things that we do not. On an upcoming episode, we will be talking about something that I honestly don't know anything about. We're going to be talking about fans of Vaporwave... Which is a genre of music, I guess? I don't know. I don't mean to say that it's not a genre. I just know so little about it that I don't even know what to say. Uh, So, gentlemen, what are your famous last words? All right. I know not very much about this, but like enough enough to ask the question, is it a joke? (laughs) Quite simply, because it feels like it might be, but I'm not sure. I'm going to come up with something pretty simple. I'm just going to ask, 
I'm going to say as my famous last words, what is Vaporwave? And why is it a thing that any of us know about? (laughs) What I want to know about Vaporwave is, are there currently any artists working in the Vaporwave space like that explicitly say I am creating Vaporwave music because one of the things that I do know about the genre the joke whatever it is that is Vaporwave is that it's shifted around a lot and it's sort of created other similar genres I think Chill Hop came from Vaporwave Mm. and I don't know if that's like different phases of the same thing or people branching out into different aspects. So I'm curious to see if anybody still considers themselves a vaporwave artist today. That being said, thank you for joining us, everyone. And until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. What? <laughs> okay. In a, su- in a surprise twist, none of us went with something that any of us was going to do. <laughs> so that's cool. Everyone everyone was weirdly in left field, but none of us came up with the same thing. Nope. <sighs> okay. Well, none of that's going to survive, so that's <laughs> fine. Heck no. <clears throat> Heck no. Uh, all right, let's get this train back on the track. And that would mean... That's right, we're talking about... Di- Wait, did we even mention that we are talking about Digimon? Is it supposed yep. to... Yeah, okay, I'm just an idiot. Cool. I set it off the top. Yep, that's cool. Uh, this is really professional. I'm glad we don't have a guest this week. <clears throat> that's why we edit. This was a video podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We did that. We did that last season. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we did. You just gave me like the perfect like facial response to what I said without saying a word. (laughs) Glad I'm not editing this. Yeah. Yeah. I. What?